Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of Apotheosis of a Bombast. I'm Elton McManus, all eight over in England, and with me today, again, <laughs> is Scott Copperman, all the way over in America. Hello. <sighs> Yahoo! Yahoo! Yeah, I got my uh, posse here with me, with cheering their, me on. With their pom-poms. That's right. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? I'm fine. I'm drained at the moment. Are you? Yeah. It's been a rough couple of days. Uh, yeah. You might have seen on Twitter. Um, my little boy broke his arm. Oh. oh. He was um. I I played in an under 14s versus dads football team, uh, football match. Sorry. And mm-hmm. it's the first time I've ever been on the dad side. And it, it's really peculiar to be on the dad <laughs> side. I, I've always been on the kid side. But now, yeah. obviously, I'm getting older, blah, blah, blah. And now I'm on the dad's side. So we played a match against the kids. We won, of course. And while we was in the bar having a a drink or two after, the, all the kids went out, out the back. Uh, my kids five, all these other friends who were mascots of the match, they went out the back to play football with all the 14-year-olds. And mm-hmm. my kid enjoying uh, playing in goal for a little while. He went in goal and then proceeded to have a 14-year-old blast of football at his, foot, uh, his um, hand from uh. about, about five foot, which bent his arm right back and snapped one of his bones in his arm. Is he going to be all right? Is he just just needs time to heal or is it serious damage? No, it, it seems like a uh, a clean break. So we we played it down a little bit, to be honest when it first mm-hmm. happened so we looked at him and he was bawling his eyes out and i thought it was it was going to be a sprain on his arm right or on his wrist because it was very close to his wrist and so we left it for a little while put ice on it bandaged it up got him home and he's still complaining about it giving him some mm-hmm. medicine hopefully the swelling to go down it wasn't too much swelling actually came bath time i gave him a bath Got him out of the bath, and he's still holding his damaged wing. Oh, and you know he keeps doing these little doggy eyes at me. He's like, oh, okay, do you want to go hospital? And he's like, no, not really. And I said, I got him all dressed, all dry. Got him into bed, and I said, you sure you don't want to go hospital? And he went, maybe. Oh, so that's the sign. Yeah, yeah. So the missus took him down to the hospital, and around about eleven o'clock last night. He, Strolled in with a big plaster cast on his arm. Poor little mites. Oh, well, you know, you got to follow the career of the kid who broke his arm. The kid's got a foot. I mean, it was up close, but he must have drilled it with some power. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's just a kid trying to blast, blast in the goal, and kids being kids, really. So, oh, yeah. yeah but I mean, he must have a, a strong foot. Mm. Yeah, that's right. But I've the only bone I've ever broken is in my uh, my little toe. And I'm the clumsiest geezer in town, and I've never broken an arm or a leg or anything like that. And I, I just can't believe that he's already broken one of his bones. It's crazy. Maybe it'll grow back twice as strong. He'll have uh, superhuman strength. What is it, the right arm or left arm? Yes, his right arm. So he's he's not doing any writing at school at the moment, or he's not doing Darn. any, any <laughs> computers. He, he's bored. Bored out of his tiny little mind. Even now, I, I saw him... Uh, coming home from a friend's today. Obviously, his arm all slinged up. And mm-hmm. his face is, oh, I've been so bored all day. <laughs> God. And it's only Hell the day. first day, and he keeps asking now, when will it get better? When will it get better? About four to six weeks, mate. Oh, wait till it's itchy. It's already itchy. Oh. Already itchy, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to have to go out and buy some knitting needles so I can <laughs> ram them down there. Well, I feel for him. That's I haven't ever broken anything either, and... Knock on wood, my kids haven't broken anything yet. Yeah. But it, that's the thing. It could happen so sp- out of the blue. He's all right, though. He's fine. Because he, we've got a um a football meeting uh, this weekend. It's it's the end of the season over here now. There's the last premiership match uh, on Saturday. And then you've got the Champions League final at the end of May. And then that's it. Uh, football season's... Well, the club football season's over. Mm-hmm. And... We got the presentation this weekend, so I'm going to get him to point out the kid who did it, <laughs> bowl up to him, 
And then smile at him and go, oh, you broke my kid's arm, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> you want to be goalie for me for a little while? I got a ball. Come on. Let's just see. Oh. No, it's a p- pure accident. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that kid feels awful once he finds out. It's just... No, no. It, it'll be um, a little badge of honor. Oh, I broke a little kid's arm. Oh, well, yeah. That, when you're not around, definitely. Yeah. But in front of you, it'll be, I'm so sorry, Mr. McManus. Please don't <laughs> folks. It won't be like that, but yeah, so I don't care. Yeah. I'll bring your kids home. What are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I can see how that would be pretty draining physically and just, I mean, it's got to just tear at you. Yeah. Anyway, moving swiftly on to <laughs> happier matters. Have you got any news? Anything that happened to your life? Not off the top. Well, no, not particularly. We had, uh, well, yeah, I'll give you a short little anecdote. Um, my kids actually went to go visit their grandparents for, for a week. So Marianne and I were home, just the two of us, uh, basically Tuesday night through last night they got home. And so being, uh, 15 year olds and 16 year olds, we decided to have a party while mom and dad were out of town. So since it was just us, we figured, well, let's, this is a chance to try to, to, um, get to know some of the people we kind of know, have a little get-together, but we're hardly cool. And we uh, – <laughs> it's not like in school when you can just invite people over just to drink. You yeah. kind of have to have a bit of a purpose. So there's no game, no event, no nothing. So we decided we would try to do um, something I kind of always wanted to do, have like a cooking class kind of at your house. Oh, so yeah. Someone would come and – you know, I, I had this picture in my head of someone coming and – um, teaching us how to teach, kind of teaching, teaching us how to cook something a little exotic, and everyone would have a job, and it'd be a couple couples there. Yeah, and we would get to work on it. Unfortunately, we decided to do this on basically a week's notice. So we looked into it a little bit. We called someone who we thought would be able to help us, and I should have known right off the bat it was a bad idea because she just had the most grating personality. Just didn't jibe with me at all. Um, she's a realtor part time and a chef, and just one of those people who talks to you like you couldn't possibly understand. So she's going to dumb everything down for you, and uh, uh, just uh, it just irked me. But for the greater good, I was going to just suck it up. And over the course of the week, she made some changes to different things, and she said, "Yes, we could do one thing." Two days later, it was, "Oh no, you can't, but we'll do this instead." And I rolled with it. But we also had in our head this this group of people we wanted to have come. Um, it had to be relatively small because you can't have too many cooks in the kitchen, so to speak. Yeah. Little little hint, little hint here and there that things might not go right, but we toughed it out. And then the party was supposed to be Friday evening. And Friday at 4 o'clock, um, Marianne called me as I was out running errands for the party to say that one of the couples, the husband couldn't come because they weren't able to get a sitter. Another couple couldn't come because someone was sick. So now our, our group of eight was down to basically four. <laughs> and the uh, woman who was cooking for the party, it was no longer she was teaching us so much as we were just going to do all the work to cook yeah. stuffed shells. Like that's how exotic it was going to be, just just baked pasta. So uh, we ended up pulling the plug on it, which Aww. was which was frustrating. And then we were hemming and hawing a little bit like, well, let's have everyone still come over. We still have a case of wine and you know, we can still make it all work. But. We ended up uh, just, we watched two movies. I can't remember which two they were off the top of my head. One of them was Baby Mama. I know that. Baby Mama. Never heard of that one. With Tina Fey and basically the whole cast of Saturday Saturday Night Live was in it. It was was cute. And then there was something more serious we watched before that. Changeling with Angelina Jolie. Right. It was a story about... um, a mother in like the 1930s, she lives in, in America and in a big city and her son gets kidnapped and she goes to the police and the police department's corrupt and they bring back this other kid that isn't her real son and, you know, she, and they mess with her mind. They're like, no, it's your son, you're just traumatized. And it's the story, it's based on a true story. It's the story of how she like fought to to defend herself and eventually convince everyone that the police department was lying that that really wasn't her kid yeah so it was kind of sad so serious film chick flick 
And well, and it's definitely not the thing to watch while your kids are away. Like, because yeah. the kind of movie that after you want to go give them a hug and they don't have any idea why, but you just like, just just don't ever leave. <laughs> don't go out of the house ever. That was uh, that was our big plans, but it it was still a nice week. We we went out a couple times. We tried to to make the most of of having good quality alone time. Yeah, got a lot done work wise and all too. But um, but the party, I was disappointed with the party. I would like to still do that again, and I I just can tell that that lady I was going to host was not the right person. But I, I think it would be fun because I I love cooking in general, and a lot of what I do is kind of improvising things left and right. But uh, yeah, you don't want a bitch of a chef turning up and shouting and barking orders around your house as if like she's Gordon Ramsay or anything like that, really, do you? Uh, yeah, it was <laughs> at one point on the phone. She just started going, uh, you know what, Scott? I, I just don't know if I can see this quite working out. And so it was like basically thrown to me to like cancel the party. Yeah. And I said, well, no, if you say that all these changes will work, I just, you know, it's uh, Thursday night. <laughs> the party's tomorrow. Seems kind of last minute to be making these changes. Yeah, that's right. And she said, well, I'm sensing a defensive tone. And if you're hostile to me at the party, everyone will know. Okay, lady, you're pushing my buttons, but I'm trying really hard to just let let it go, let it go. That's a bit off. That was a little disappointing, but I, I think we will try to do that again sometime. But you know, the weirdest part was to try to explain to people, yeah, we're gonna have this party, and you're gonna come over, and you're gonna work at it, and it'll be fun. Yay! Well, they do them in the village over here. They're called uh, pampered chefs, and. You end up uh, having a chef come round and do bits and you can either join in or you can watch it. And then after they have like a, a little presentation where they try and sell you knives and chopping boards and Tupperware and stuff like that. And all very no. dull and boring. And I I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't do the the buying bit. I'd have a go at the cooking and stuff like that. But at what age do you start doing dinner parties and stuff like that because all of a sudden you just end up falling into them don't you yeah well that's uh, I kept thinking that just what you were saying like it's a dinner party and I was like I don't want to have a dinner party I want to have the big game is on and people come over and it's just hard though to try to like what do you have people over for because yeah. it's not like when they're in school now you you're asking them to spend money on a sitter you're asking them to adjust their schedules we had tried um well, I shouldn't say tried. What we had had about a month ago was um, a wine tasting party, but we did all the wines had to be cheap, like like five dollars or less. Yeah. But even that, like nobody knew what we were doing. Which is, hmm, I like that better than the other one. I think we made up this little chart, and as the night went on, the scores got higher because everybody had had too much to drink. So you didn't have a spittoon or anything like that to no. spit the wine in. No, what we had was actually little, little cups, real small ones, probably, um, oh, I'm going to try to go metric. I'm going to say maybe 50 milliliter cups. Like a shot or a double shot, yes. really. Oh, I described it well. Yes, that's basically it. But I don't know. So that was our, our big our big event of the week was the non-event. But um, we caught up on a lot of movies, got to watch Lost, the big finale for Hell's Kitchen here. Which that's a kind of exciting because the U.S. Hell's Kitchen, the winner, gets to be a chef at one of the casinos here where I live. Oh, okay. So that was the prize this year. Cool. Uh, there's a different name for it, right? In the U.K., the the Hell's Kitchen show, um, where he does it with celebrities, not ordinary people. Let me get this right. You have um, Hell's Kitchen with uh, the celebrities. Okay. No, then you got. Kitchen Nightmares, where he goes around and checks all the all the places out, and the American one is a lot more staged than the English one. Or right, it seems seen, like it's totally different production, and you can tell it straight away. Yeah, I've seen the English one on uh, BBC America a couple times. Yeah, yeah, it's just a whole different relationship. It's a lot more contentious. Always, yeah. always looks totally different as well, as if the English one looks real life. But the American one looks like it's on a set somewhere. Yeah, exactly. I don't know whether it's the film that they use or the production behind it or what, but it always always looks totally different. Yeah, the English one looks like someone just carried a camera with it, like a camcorder, 
into the restaurant and just filmed what they saw going on. Yeah, very fresh looking um, video to it. Yeah. So I think they've had six seasons of it here. When I was really, you know, each year they there's a different prize. Like he gets to someone gets to be a chef at one of his restaurants, or he's got them paired up with one of his partners. But the prize this year was to be the head chef at and get their own restaurant at uh, this casino here, yeah, called the Borgata. And it's been kind of in the local papers too. They're like, oh, you know, the Borgata's people won't talk about who won. Nothing's being said until right after the finale. But we knew we better watch the finale on time because the next day in the paper it was going to be discussed. So it was there. Number one surprise was all the episodes were in 2007. So they're, they're a year and a half or so behind, you know, real life with the show. Oh, okay. And it just makes you wonder what the winner's been doing for all that time. Like, how do you take a job somewhere else knowing that you're going to be leaving to go take this other thing? In? And I'm always amazed at how they get people to keep secrets with that stuff. These pre-recorded things like... Um, I think the first season of Survivor, there was a big deal. Like they, it had to be kept secret who won that. Just a lot of times, it seems like someone has to know, and somehow they're keeping them quiet. Yeah, there's a, a big transition between the pre-recorded stuff and all the live show stuff. It's a bit right. like the um, American Idol, and where they they go around the country choosing the people that they want to show off, and uh, all the all the crap talent that gets washed away. Right, and this is actually the first year that I've seen a lot of that get leaked that people would look at MySpace groups and put together, hey, there's 50 people who were contestants who are all friends. They must be the semifinalists. Or... Yeah. But so that was one big surprise. Another surprise was he doesn't get to set up his own restaurant. The winner here is uh, he's a 20, well, he was 23 years old, and it's kind of he always described himself as a prodigy. He didn't have the experience that some of the other people had. Yeah. So I don't know if it's because of that or if it was all along the plan, but... He's actually apprenticing under some other famous chef, and he gets the job for one year, and then I, I don't know what the plan is, whether it's they're going to boot him out after a year, or he'll eventually get to be the guy who has the restaurant, but where he had all these discussions on TV of how he's going to make the seafood restaurant and all, it turns out it's going to be a fairly traditional Italian restaurant, um, and again, with this other chef, and, and I'm not even sure what the difference is between a sous chef and an executive chef, but whatever it is, he's he's clearly a step below what the prize was going to be. Yeah, yeah, I I don't understand sous chef and doesn't he do sauces and stuff like that? I thought so, or like a like a first helper, like a first officer kind yeah. of thing. First mate. Yeah, but that was pretty exciting. So I don't know. That wasn't uh, <laughs> the past week hasn't exactly been good news for either of us, but no. Let me take you through my Saturday that I had. Okay. I don't know if you jumped on Twitter at all during, I think it was Saturday night. Was it Saturday? Yeah, it must have been Saturday night. There's a, a program that I've spoken about uh, very briefly called the Eurovision Song Contest. I saw the flurry of activity. I went to go watch some of it, but it required uh, some plugins that I just didn't have time to install. So. Yeah. It was going absolutely potty on Twitter. I couldn't believe it. I was just sitting there, I was um, just surfing away, and the missus clicked on the TV, and it came on. Mm -hmm. And we both groaned, and went, oh, God, not this again. Because she normally watches her normal programs, and that was in place it, of it. It takes up the whole night. Yeah, it, it was basically, it was in Eurovision Song Contest, it was put in, it was in Russia, and so it was very, very late for them. But they have to schedule it for a European audience and so you know it clashes with her program so we sat down and she kept flicking in between bits and she couldn't find anything and then all of a sudden like that she got hooked and we were sitting down and we, we was taking the piss out of everyone there and there was a mm -hmm. there was a, a guy from Greece dancing on a big stapler uh, there was a, <laughs> a belly dancer from Turkey waving her thing around there was an Icelandic song going dooby 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 doo or it sounded like that to me mm -hmm. and i was watching the flurry of um text or the the twitters come through and all of a sudden i started joining in i was like <laughs> what the hell am i doing and then i was watching it more and i just got swept away in it and the problem with these shows you get to a certain point and then you have to know the result you have to mm -hmm. know what that last hour was all about. Otherwise, it was a total waste of your last hour. <laughs> and so we sat there, and there was 
an intermission and then they hand out all the results. But the intermission was so bloody bizarre. There was, um, you know, you no- normally have like your um, half-time shows at football matches and stuff like that. Yes. They have their equivalent. And this year it involved people walking on a, a big silver sail hanging from the hanging from the sky I don't know if you remember the opening to the Beijing Olympics so there was lots of people walking around a big ball mm-hmm. it was very similar to that re- very reminiscent of that and then all of a sudden these lights turned on and there was two big cubes in the sky about let's say, let's say 40 foot above the audience mm-hmm. and there was um, a bloke hanging from it directly and there was a woman inside this cube and it, it looked from a visual effect, it looked like it was full of water, but it wasn't. It was it was about an inch of water uh, in this cube, and she was splashing around, and it, it looked very impressive. And then all of a sudden, they turn these off, and you've got this huge, big, dirty swimming pool above you, and there's three or four chicks just doing belly flops and flying from corner to corner and splashing everything. And it looked really, really impressive. And you know, the camera, they, they had two or three of these around the stadium mm-hmm. and the camera kept panning around and you could see all these women doing belly flops and sliding around and getting rather wet in their very skimpy knickers and very <laughs> tight tops and I was looking at it going what the hell is all this and then all of a sudden they start dropping down to the um to the audience and basically they sit on the heads of the audience it comes <laughs> right down and everyone can touch it and everyone's bashing on it and trying to scratch at it and pushing it up and down and the three or four women on there are like sprawling themselves around and you know blowing kisses to the people through the perspex and it was so bizarre (laughs) so so bizarre i can't find it on youtube though but i'm sure if you type in something like you know hot semi-naked chicks dancing around on a uh sky ridden swimming pool then i'm sure you mm-hmm. get it <laughs> but yeah it, it was so bizarre and then obviously you've got to go through the results oh, and yeah. we were sitting there and i think there's 42 or 43 countries that were involved and so once you hear one then you've got to hear you've got to hear them all you have to find out who wins and some of the people that come on there that they, they try and sing themselves they're just tv presenters and they try and sing themselves and you think oh bloody hell and they're all, all plastered in makeup, so they're all like Barbie dolls and not looking very pretty, most of them, I must admit. And and we, you know, England or the UK that they like to call it, we had this bloke from a, an old boy band called Blue. Uh, what's his name? Duncan. All I know, he's, his name is Duncan from Blue. And he comes on, he, he's a proper Cockney guy. White geezer, how's he going? Yes, all the results are this. And, oh, crying out loud, you know. <laughs> Talk about talk up the UK. Typical stereotypical um, vision of what yeah. we don't really want to be portrayed as. And he's bowling around it. All right, geezer, how's it going? Lovely jubbly. Apples and pears. Oh, shut <laughs> up, you prick. But yeah, that was my Saturday night. And I was Twittering with a couple of people. I know uh, Cart Bosman was on there. Um, Rounder Panda was on there. Uh, who else was on there? There was loads of people. I saw there was a lot of activity about that. It's on everybody's mind. Yeah, everyone had had their their favourites. I was back in Turkey for no reason, to be honest, <laughs> other than she was a belly dancer. I was like, yeah, I'll have that. That's mine. I think Amanda wanted the winner to actually win, or you know, she backs the. It was like a a twelve year old boy playing the violin, singing a song. Oh, no. Well, he he looked about twelve. He was probably about. 20 or 23 or something <laughs> yeah. like that but you know real young guy nice little face no little vote winner yep. so, yeah so it's rigged it's all rigged ahead of time well <laughs> yeah these these things they they do have the um the air of rig it has you know it has to be said because you, you do get certain countries which end up with maximum points from certain other countries mm-hmm. now i i I'm not very good on my geography, so I don't know who's next to who. But you will, let, let's say, all the all the Soviet countries. Am I saying that right? The Soviet countries or right. the, the the old old USSR, where it's always been split up. They, they'll all vote for each other just to 
hand out points because you're neighbours. Right. And if you're on the border, then you you vote for your nearest neighbour. You don't want to pee off anyone. But where we're a little island, off to off to the co- uh, top left hand corner of uh, Europe, then no one really votes for us because the only thing connecting us is a little tunnel that goes under the channel. So we normally end up last. We normally end <laughs> up with no points or nil point, as they like to say. I, d- I still don't get it. I don't see the point, but apparently it's it's huge. Lots of people have these Eurovision parties for this. I think a lot of times with stuff like that, uh, different source countries or groups take it in a different way. So you get someone who sends out like a clowny kind of character and someone else sends out a true professional and then someone sends out a like a raw talent. Yeah, well, so. we had uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Reb- uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Andrew Lloyd <laughs> Webber. He wrote the song f- uh, this year, and I think he was just going on the on his name. So I think if he'd come last with no points, there'd have been a huge uproar. So we yeah. had to get some points from somewhere. So obviously people turned around and said, you know, you've got to give them some points. You can't <laughs> give them none. It might be a crap song, but it's Andrew Lloyd Webber. So you have to do it. You have to give him some points. Otherwise he'll just go in a hissy fit and end up carving up half the people on the stage. Yeah, or if you don't get, even if he walks away, then you get other people who are afraid to come and bring their name and put it at risk. Yeah, well, so. I think last year we had like a, a very Euro poppy song which got trashed. Was it the year before? Well, anyway, but we can't do Euro poppy tunes. If you go into the um, into mainland Europe, then all the music to us sounds the same. But obviously, if you live there and you're used to it, it doesn't sound the same. And right. our song last year sounded like us trying to do a European song, and it just <laughs> didn't work. And everyone sussed it, sussed it out straight away and didn't give us any points. And, you know, to right as well. So now you brought out the big guns, Andrew Lloyd Webber? Yeah. No, I can picture that. And I, I can see how even that type of selection of who who gets to represent each country, how that kind of makes it rigged too, that... You know, I don't know who decides who that is, but well, uh, there's like semi-finalists that uh, we have a TV program on here. God, I know so much about this. This is wrong. This is so <laughs> wrong. <laughs> but we have um, TV programs over here where you have lots of semi-finalists and the uh, public vote for who you want to send to Eurovision. That's how that's sorted out, and I'm assuming that all the other countries do. And right. they say, turn around and go, you will go there. It might be. You will be. Hey, people get drafted. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my weekend. Or that was my Saturday night. <laughs> Your Saturday night. What a, what a bunch of swinging guys we are with I know. failed dinner parties and uh, watching TV talent We shows. rock. <laughs> I know. We're so cool. <laughs> oh, another thing that I did see on Sunday. Um, do you remember our first episode? It ended up being called don't go home on them scooters i saw yeah. one in the road an old lady <sighs> driving one of these poxy scooters and i've got a picture of it so what i'll do i'll try and put it on the facebook and um yeah i'll try and put it on the facebook i should have ended that sentence there oh god if she was wearing one of them mac things over the top of it it would have been perfect but well i was driving along and we got stuck behind her actually stuck behind this lady not for too long but and then i handed the phone to amanda said you know quickly just take a picture and she took quite a good picture of it so we have photographic <laughs> evidence of these there you these go things i've only ever seen them in the grocery stores and i feel bad kind of getting irritated to being caught behind someone i know it's going to be my destiny to to be in one of those one day yeah i will as well so I don't want to make too much noise. I'm gonna have a big flag hanging off of it, like a um, like a Dodgems <laughs> thing, though. Yeah. Do they have turn signals, or do they do the little hand signals like people on bikes do? They like, don't have. You can't see. No, them they don't have hand. any indicators or anything like that, and that's why they're not supposed to be on the road because they haven't got a license plate <laughs> or um, indicators or lights or anything like that. But they insist on doing it. It would be great if police set out stingers. As, as all these old people drove past in their mobility scooters and they just threw out a stinger and popped all their tyres and you saw them slowly wobbling down the road. Oh no, I've got all four pop tyres and had to pull over to the side. That would be awesome. 
or if out behind the bushes came a policeman on one of those, mm. cranked up a little little siren and light yeah, going, black and white <laughs> a little microphone, pull over, lady, <laughs> pull over. Well, it's all all circular. Everything comes back to to old topics. So what was our, what was episode two? We'll have to watch and see if we we're going to see any of that stuff. Yeah. Eventually, we're going to get back to freezing people. I know that's coming up. Yes, again. that will be the great Alcor life extension. We'll have to try again. I wonder if they've hired their CFO or CEO, whatever it was they yeah. needed. We should get a sponsor by them, and then you can have like a free trial or your money back. <laughs> what, what were we? Maybe we talked about it then, but that you could freeze a goldfish and it would come back really? to life because their body was but something was different about their body composition. Or you can freeze bugs, I think, too, with um, like liquid nitrogen. They kind of just they insta freeze it and it thaws out quickly. Don't- you can do it with scorpions, can't you? Not that I've got scorpions or anything like that. But. <laughs> in the cooler, got them on dry ice. Yeah, I ended up I ended up watching Lost on Sunday as well. Oh my god! I know it's it's going to be a tough hiatus. It is, yeah. But I think I've said this before, but it, it's obviously the last season finale where you've got another season to to come. So it's quite a special occasion. But my God, I was, I've I've never shouted at the TV really, unless it's football or anything yeah. like that. But I go, no, 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 and I, all I can say is, my God, that's it. I was actually thinking of um maybe going over all the um the old Lost episodes. I'm not too sure whether I should or not because I know there's tons and tons of Lost podcasts out there. It'd be it'd be good to either hear someone else or try a podcast where. You're recapping episode by episode, but you've got the you you got hindsight. You you know what's coming. You know what's been. You know what it all means. But it's nice just to pick the bones out of everything. And it'd be quite yeah. cool to hear something like that. Yeah, that would be good, especially now that there are so many answers. Because I think I remember hearing someone try to do that. It was um, it was a guy who had listened, who had seen Lost before, and someone who hadn't, and they were watching the episodes together. Yeah. And doing a podcast, but there were so many things. This had to have been before the season, probably even before the prior season or during the prior seasons when I hit them. Yeah. There are just so many things you just didn't know. And so there were, it, it was kind of cool because you'd get the guy who, who had never seen Lost before talking and he'd be like, I'll bet this is going to be really important. And the other guy, uh, no, I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> you should focus more on that guy over there. So it was kind of interesting. Yeah. I'm just toying with the idea. I don't know if you want to do it or if anyone else wants to do it. Or you know, just put the idea out there and see if we get any feedback saying, yes, do it, or no, we've heard enough of you. <laughs> I think it would be fun to do something like that. And it is it is a long time to, to try to get through to the next season. And it's it's the kind of thing, too, where you could really do two episodes at a time. Yeah, but... Because that first season or two was so much a single character, and you could sometimes go flashback of Kate, flashback of Jack, and really not much have happened actual um, progression of the story other than you're learning about the characters. Yeah, I've got a feeling a lot of these podcasts I do listen to, they're all going to end after the season finale of ne- next season, yeah. and then that'll be it. You'll probably have like one or two recaps and play on that, but I think over a course of time then it's all going to die but where, where you have podcasts like uh, like Make It So where it's, it's already been and gone and done and dusted but but they've yeah. got so much material sitting there waiting for them to talk about and they do a grand job about it there's a couple other shows coming out and the names escape me at the moment but there's a couple coming out where I think they're supposed to be that same I should not the same but they're supposed to be potential replacements for the lost audience yeah. you know everyone knows lost is coming to an end so they're trying to develop another show that might catch on like that and fringe there's a couple of fringe podcasts but they they had an official fringe podcast which was really poorly done audio wise um was not very informative and they only did one episode but i think they were trying to do what damon and carlton did and and be an outlet for that fringe for the audience of yeah. fringe and it just didn't happen but now that they have uh, Leonard Nimoy is is cast on fringe i think 
think they're going to develop a little bit of of a bigger following. Oh, is he on there now, is he? Yeah. He he was in the finale for this past episode, for this past season, and then he's cast to be in it a couple times next season. Right, because I've tried to get into it only a couple of times, but I don't know what it is about it. It is very X-File-y, but I don't like the leading lady, to be honest. Yeah, as the season went on, it started to take more of a... Uh, more of a flow and have a little bit of a direction. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know if there's going to be, I don't know what the other show will be. There has to be some sort of show that comes on and takes on this massive audience. They're all going to be looking for something. Even those podcasters are going to be looking for shows to podcast about. Yeah, of course. But I think it'd take a couple of goes to find something and settle down onto something like that. Oh yeah. There'll be people who latch onto things that fail. And there were a lot of shows here in the United States that, I thought could have had that kind of following. There was a show called Daybreak, which was a, a hiatus filler, and it was it was kind of like a guy would relive the same day over and over, right? Kind of like Groundhog Day, but there was so he he was controlling, like he would make sure this thing didn't happen and that thing didn't happen, and over the course of of a season, he started to piece together that there was some force behind it all. Yeah, and then they pulled the plug on that without ever resolving it. And there was another show, um, The Traveler. No, Will Traveler or Traveler. I don't know. But that was that one they actually got to the end. It was about um same kind of thing. It was like this this college kid had a mysterious background. And over the course of the season, it looked like he had died. And his friends were starting to piece together that maybe he had lived and he was part of the secret group. And, and at the very end, they uh, ended the show. And it had a potential conclusion, and then they went five minutes more, and they just undid everything they did with the finale oh. of, in terms of answers. So, like, you thought, all right, it's all resolved, done deal, commercial break, roll the credits, and then they went, oh, by the way, boom, that car exploded, he died, she's here, oh, that person who died three weeks ago, here they are, bye, and show's over. So they screwed out from themselves. Oh, they did everything, yeah. And there was one other show called The Nine, which was about um, nine people who had been in a in a bank when it got robbed. They had some secret. What what went on during the robbery that none of them would talk about? Why were they all? It was like this mysterious thing. And over the course of the show, it was supposed to all play out. Yeah. Like you'd find these secret connections between people, and that they just stopped. They never even tried to like finish the storyline. Have you ever read The River World? I can't enunciate. The River World books. No, no. It's by, um, I have the book here somewhere, but Farmer is the last name. It's, it's someone with a three-part name, but Farmer is his last name. And it's science fiction about uh, everyone who ever lived is reincarnated along this river. So they're, no matter how they died or whatever, they're 25 years old and they're healthy. And, uh, but it's from all over the timeline. So there's Richard Burton is the main character, uh, or Sir Richard Burton. Samuel Clemens is there. Genghis Khan is there. The, the little girl who was the inspiration for Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. So whatever age they were, up to 25, they're reincarnated there. And it's this mysterious thing. Like they, Why are they there? Is it heaven? Is it, it's kind of got that losty kind of feel to it. And there's a couple books. And they, they made a single two-hour movie that was kind of like a pilot. But didn't really have any big name actors, and it was it had that that t- made for TV movie kind of cheesiness to it. Yeah. But I saw that they're taking some of the char- some of the actors from Battlestar Galactica and Dollhouse, and a couple other of the uh, actors and actresses that people younger than me <laughs> know well, and they're they're going to make a, a mini series on the Sci Fi Channel, maybe with it turning into a, a series. So that kind of thing could be cool. Depending on how much they deviate from the book, because yeah. if you've read the book, then to have a and it falls it explicitly, then a podcast about that would just kind of be <laughs> talking about the acting and stuff. But if they kind of go in a different direction and leave some unknowns, that could be kind of a fun thing. Have you been kind of following today some of the news about um, the Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles TV show being canceled? I've I've never seen one of them, but I understand it's been scrapped. Is that right? Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've only seen two episodes of it. It wasn't bad, but I, it just 
it didn't grab me. The things I like about Terminator that show didn't really seem to to have. But I'm surprised, knowing that this Terminator movie is coming out, you would think if if there was even a chance of it having a fan base, they would keep it. Yeah, especially you know, around this spillover. Uh, yeah, especially around this sort of uh, period of time. Right. Which it makes me think that maybe they have some other Terminator related product that they plan to to roll out. Or maybe they're trying to cancel it to try and get more money for it. Oh, that's true. Aha. See, a little have, bluff. Yeah, you have to go on the shady side of things. <laughs> it, it could be possible, though. You know, they could say, right, no, that's it. We're pulling it, even though we know we've got this multi-million pound movie coming out. And the executives go, oh, well, hang on, hang on. No, we can make a bit more money. You know, let's give them a bit more money to make a, even, well, a, a better show about it. Could and be. Everyone wins. And then you can sell the rights for a higher price because you know that you've made a better quality program on the back of this movie. Well, I was wondering if maybe the direction the TV show went contradicted the way the movie went. You know, when the TV show was made based on the the three prior movies, you know, maybe there's new things in this story that that kind of make it going in opposite directions, and they either need to to start from scratch again or at least stop with the TV show. Yeah. Possibly, I haven't seen it though. So, I know lots of people have though, and they're they're. I nearly said whinging. You're not whinging. Don't worry. You're not whinging. <laughs> but they're they're all pining for more. And right. Yeah. You know, what what I've heard is is a good show. So, I just don't get to catch it. Moving on from there, have you got any uh, stories or news that you've been poking around at? Yeah. Well, I was poking around a little bit, and I found uh, a story. It's actually from a while ago, but it's it's kind of creepy. It's um, about this thing called a goonch. Have you ever heard of a goonch? A goonch. A goonch. No. A goonch is a giant catfish with teeth like a shark. Cool. And what they're saying, uh, I think it's, according to Wikipedia, it's from, uh, which Wikipedia has absolutely zero credibility in my head, but <laughs> Wikipedia says it's a uh, fish from the Pakistani regions uh, or Nepali. I don't know. But basically, it's this giant catfish that grows uh, six to nine feet long, possibly bigger. It's like a bottom-feeding fish. And it's traditionally been like a scavenger, but it's kind of been moving into what's called the Great Cali, which is, uh, I guess, a river between India and Nepal. Mm -hmm. And I guess part of uh, the funeral ceremony there is to put bodies in the river. And they think this thing has been feeding on the bodies. Ooh. And it's acquired a taste for human flesh. And so there's been a couple of accidents and drownings and things that have been blamed on alligators. And, you know, some now guys from Animal Planet and Discovery Channel. And I, I think it's actually someone from, is it is Five, a channel near you? A guy named Jeremy Wade. Yeah. Does documentaries. Yeah, we have Channel so, Five, yeah. All right. Well, so he, he did a documentary for for Five. And um, th they're all saying, no, it's the goonch. The goonch catfish. And uh, the first case attributed to the goonch is an 18-year-old Nepali young man who died in 2007, disappeared in the river, being dragged down by something that witnesses described as an elongated pig. And uh, his body surfaced three months later. It's got all the makings of a, a film here, isn't it? Like Anaconda. Well, it, yeah, and it, it looks like a sea monster it's got like the catfish hammerhead shark kind of mixed body but it's a real creature there's there's smaller versions there's bigger versions and then the fossil record says there was a, a great big version at one point um they've actually caught them they have pictures of them online but huge ones yeah so it's out there so there's actually a, a tv show that a series that's on here on animal planet called river monsters and i guess they talk about the anacondas and things like that but uh, the flesh-eating river monster is uh, <laughs> the goonch, and it was featured in Channel 5's Nature Shock series last October, and just recently on Animal Planet. Cool. So, what so what, what would the what would the um the plural for goonch would it be gonch or goonchies or chai? I don't know. Look, there's a herd of goonches coming straight towards me. I think it's just goonch. Because uh, just looking at some of the sentences, whether it's singular or plural, it's always 
for the verb, it's always goonch. I'd like it to be a herd, though. It's an endangered species. Any license plates found in its belly? No. No. No, uh, no jaw. It's not quite that big. It's more, it eats like your crocodile, I think, because it's, it's got the mouth underneath. Kind of, um, I'm trying to think of another animal. Well, you know, like certain sharks have that thing where from the top they look just kind of like a, a seahorse or a ray. Like a ray. It's yeah. got a mouth like a ray would have. Yeah. So, but it's it's got the body of a prehistoric fish. Cool. There's so much out there that we don't know. I know. Modern day methods of catching the fish include dynamiting and electrocution. Homer Simpson style then. That's right. Most anglers destroy without eating the specimen they catch. In the past, they would be speared in shallow water, but now electricity and dynamite are considered fair game. That's not fair. If you're chasing a fish, that's not fair. I just saw the Simpsons movie uh, yesterday, actually, with the (laughs) electrocution scene. Yeah. Dad, that's not fair. (laughs) I'll have to go in the show notes. I'll get you a link for like a YouTube clip. So that was my exciting uh, <laughs> news story. What link led to link led to link, and all of a sudden I had the goonch. Yeah. Did you find anything this week? Well, funny enough, I know no one's going to believe this, but I have a fish story too. <laughs> this is um from September the 16th, 2008, so it's, it's quite a recent one, really. Uh, it's from, I would like to say Australia, but I think this is an Australian website. I've got a two centimeter long fish apparently found its way into the penis of a 14 year old boy from India in a bizarre medical case. What is it with you and these stories? I, I don't mean it. <laughs> I don't mean to drag down the tone of everything, but you put yeah. you put a fish in one hand and you yeah, apparently he was cleaning <laughs> out his um aquarium and he went jumped down on him. Well, this is what he's saying. He, he, he went to the toilet with fish in one hand for some reason. Uh, and uh, his his little Joe in the other hand, and somehow it jumped down his winky. Uh, Obviously, like head first, <laughs> and you imagine the, the the tail flapping around, him standing there looking at it, going, "No, no, please, no!" <laughs> Fins flapping everywhere. Um, he got taken to hospital because obviously he had. For some for some bizarre reason, he had trouble passing urine. <laughs> um, you have no idea. I have the headphones off. I'm like squirming. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he he got taken to hospital, and they tried to uh, fish out this fish from his bladder. Um, they used uh, let me find the name of it. Basically, they put a big sharp pointy thing up his winky to try and uh, to try and pull it out. You lured me in. <laughs> <laughs> but that that wouldn't work. So they tried a bigger, sharper, pointy thing to try and pull it out. I have no comment on the story. <laughs> the fish was removed. Well, that's good. Um at the very bottom of this story it says he was later admitted into counseling to help him overcome any trauma. Now I'm not sure if they're talking about the fish or the the 14-year-old boy. I need counseling. Yeah. I'm traumatized by hearing this episode. So the question is, what was he doing? What was he trying to achieve? Uh. Was he trying to have sex with the little fish? <laughs> <laughs> if you have to be blunt, that's probably it. Maybe. He, well, he's, he's a 14-year-old boy, so he's going to experiment. Obviously, Hopefully not on pets, but in this case, yes, on pets. And no. but, uh, but yeah, it's just there's so many steps along the way that that should not have been able to to get to point X. No, tune in next week for the another penis-related story. Ah, <laughs> uh, you would think my chair was electrocuted. I'm, I'm like squirming. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I have nothing to say to that. At what point did he think? Shit, there's a fish going up my winky. <laughs> Did you not try and grab it? I, uh, there had to have just been like a moment of shock. Oh, uh, you know, uh, I don't, I can't imagine. 
I don't I think shock's the word. I would have been... Hopefully, I'd never be in that position, but I would have been screaming, don't you dare, don't you dare. And I'd have grabbed him <laughs> by his little fin, grabbed him, I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. <laughs> Oh, why? I don't know. I can't. I can't. I can't. Uh. Oh, I've got to go. You read read this. No. As they were trying to pull it out. (laughs) Unfortunately, the fish was just too slippery to grip. (laughs) So they resorted to using a rigid penis scope. There you go. Yeah, uh, the the tool they they used is normally used to remove bladder stones. Uh-huh. Obviously, you've got like a little camera on there. You can pick out your little stones. Yeah. Anyway, moving swiftly on. <laughs> Please. Oh my god. Ah. Oh. Like my teeth hurt from just how like clenched I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm skeevy about stuff like that. Ah. <sighs> Well, that segues nicely into a website. <laughs> a website here called kidsinmind.com, which um, were to review this podcast episode, would have rated this appropriately. Um, wow. Are you all right? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. I'm all like flushed and ready to faint. Ugh. All right, kidsinmind.com. All one word. All no, it's not all one word. Sorry, kids hyphen in hyphen mind dot com is a website that I use sometimes for um, thinking about bringing the kids to the movies or watching a movie. Mainly because the rating system we have here is completely. Cool. You got an R two unit there. Yeah, I do. It's my work phone's battery dying. All right, so the rating system we have here in the United States is kind of useless. We have our G, PG, PG thirteen, R. I think I've mentioned to you a couple times. Like I, I've let my kids watch, or let my son watch, like R rated movies from the nineties because what was R rated in the nineties is nothing. Uh, you know, a couple of curse words, people dying. This Changeling movie that we talked about the other day or earlier, it's a child abduction story. At no point in the movie do you see anything visually disturbing it's it's like an old-fashioned kind of movie in the sense of what happens is implied but you don't actually have to see anything so the this website kids in mind they go through pretty admirably neutrally you know they don't sit there and preach this is a bad movie this is a good movie they go through and they say you will see buttocks three times you will hear the f word six times Mm -hmm. uh, blah 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 and it's, it's up to you whether it bothers you or not. Um, the reason I it came to mind is my wife was going to bring the kids to see uh, the Disney movie Earth, which is kind of like a on-screen version of uh, Planet Earth. Or the it's a big documentary basically. And so what they do is they rate every movie, old and new, in three categories: sex and nudity, violence and gore, and profanity. Yeah, they give you a minor, minor plot description, but just enough so you know what kind of what the movie's basically about. And then they go through and and they just tell you things. So like this, this movie Earth. One of the reasons we were thinking of going was my son's kind of afraid of certain animals, and we thought, well, well, maybe. Well, not we. My wife thought maybe this would be a movie that would let him see animals in a good light, happy, playful, blah blah blah. Yeah, cool idea. And so I checked to see what would go on. So for sex and nudity, Earth got a zero, which you would hope it's an animal documentary. <laughs> but they do still tell you that many varieties of male birds of paradise dance and parade and mating ritual. In parentheses, it says the females either do not come over to them or fly away disinterested. We do see two polar bear cubs nursing from their mother. Uh-huh. But that's the only sex or nudity that might be in there. Uh, violence and gore. And this is what was actually helpful to me. It talks about like lions attack an elephant. A shark shark leaps out of the water and catches a seal. There's no blood, but we see the fins of the seal sticking out of the shark's mouth. A couple other things about like the potential for starvation, etc. Yeah. Profanity was that was a four. Profanity was a zero. 
no profanity at all in there. Substance abuse, there's none. And then topics and themes like global warming, blah, blah, blah. And the overlying message is it, it says life on earth is beautiful but precarious. So, I mean, for me, that was helpful just in the sense that I, I didn't want to bring him to see a movie where things were going to be eaten and bloody and gory. I kind of wanted, <laughs> like one of the old, uh, it used to be Wonderful World of Disney movies where they would follow Mr. Follow Quackers around the farm and, oh, 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 look at Quackers as he tries to fit in with the chickens. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, lovely so Quackers. Famous. You're not a pig. Yeah. Come out of the, you know. It was a Disney and it's rated G, so you really don't know what it would be. But so that was helpful. And the nice thing is they have older movies. So a lot of times on TV, there's something kind of obscure or you kind of don't remember. You see the rating, but you don't really know. So it just helps. You know, we personally, we're pretty tolerant with the whole seeing language. And I'm not worried about my kids seeing someone do drugs on in a movie and all of a sudden want to go and do drugs. Yeah. But it it helps even if if um, they're going to the movies with someone or if Marion's bringing them, bringing the, the kids with a friend. You'd like to know what they might go and tell their fr- family they're going to see. You want to give me a give me an old movie, not too old, but something that that you'd like to know what they rated. I mean, they have Star Trek; they have all that stuff in there. But no, I want to go something totally different from. This is a Star Trek free, free zone today. Okay, that's good. What's What's the last movie you saw with your son? Oh, I saw Iron Man on the weekend. All right, we got Iron Man. And again, the nice thing about it is they don't say not good for kids, good for kids. They just throw it out there and they leave it for you to make your own decisions. Mm-hmm. So Iron Man gets a four for sex and nudity, a seven in violence and gore, and a four in profanity. Okay. Sex and nudity, and, and some of it seems really prudish. They do this for everybody, even the people who are kind of prudish. So it gets a four. A man and a woman kiss in bed. She's wearing a shirt and panties, barely uh, revealing bare legs to the hip. She straddles him and they kiss passionately. They roll over and fall on the floor. We see her wake up nude the next morning. Two women are wearing low-cut dresses. Blimey. <laughs> snuggle against a man as he gambles. A man and woman nearly kiss. I, I, can, I know people who... They would be. They consider that like sex in a movie. Yes. So I can see what's here. So it's nitpicking, basically, but for yeah. all the right reasons. A man asks of another man if it's true he's gone twelve for twelve with the maximum cover cover models, implying he had sex with all of them. So, so as far as sex and and nudity, they just describe any scene that might have anything to it. A man is referred to as the Merchant of Death. Which, I mean, again, I can kind of understand. My kids are a little mature. They kind of get it. But, you know, I could picture someone turning going, Mommy, what's a merchant of death? Yeah, yeah. And people, some people just feel blindsided. Yeah. Profanity, it gets a four. One mostly muffled F word. Two scatological terms. One anatomical term. Seven mild obscenities. Name calling, in parentheses, sour patch. Mm. And seven religious exclamations. What does what one should we go for? Should we go for oh, cabbage pa- cabbage patch kids? Uh, cabin boy, cabin fever, cable guy, cars, candy man, Capote, can't hardly wait, camp. No, no, I don't have cabbage patch kids. I don't have cabbage patch kids. I have Charlotte's Web. Go on, go for Charlotte's Web. So I, I remember reading the book. Do you know Charlotte's Web's? It was one of the only books I've read before I've seen the movie. Yep. All right, Charlotte's Web gets a one, a two, and a one. Gives a little plot summary. The sex and nudity in Charlotte's Web is a one. A boy and a girl look at each other and smile in a few scenes and then run off holding hands in another scene. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see what they, what the details are. I think they have a, a detail of what constitutes what and... And they probably get some incredible feedback, too, from people saying, like, oh, I can't believe you didn't point out that this person winked at someone else. Yeah, yeah. Something was suggested. Yeah. Violence and gore gets a two. Um, obviously, the the implication that they're going to kill the piglet. A girl punches a boy in the arm. A girl attaches her, tackles her younger brother who's trying to kill a spider. A rat is chased by two crows. Lots of, lots of, lots of peril. 
a cow flatulates in a couple of scenes at one time, blowing in the direction of a rat. That's true. That is consequently blown off a fence. A rat burps loudly, and a cow drools. That is true. And profanity, two mild exclamations, bloody and ruddy. Some name-calling, specifically stupid, hairball, creepy, disgusting, and hideous. That gets a one. The Watchmen, by the way, was a nine, a nine, and a six. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess why. You want to know what got a 10, a 10, and a 10? Debbie Does Dallas? Crank High Voltage. I've never heard of that. That's the Jason thingamajiggy movie. Jason Statham. Statham. Yeah. A 10, a 10, and a 10. Really? So there's yeah. lots of oompy boompy in there then? I guess so. A man pulls another man's pants down, dips the barrel of a shotgun in tar, and shoves it in his, in his rectum. <laughs> Parentheses. We hear crunching, and the man moans in pain. The man keeps pushing the shotgun while asking questions. When armed police officers tell a woman to spread her legs, she spreads them very far apart, and she's wearing a very short dress. I don't fancy having a shotgun rubbed, uh, shoved up my rectum. Who's your anal commander? Who's your anal commander? <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> the profanity. About 144 F-words and the derivatives, spoken and written, five obscene hand gestures, 13 sexual references, 17 scatological terms, 34 anatomical terms, 18 mild obscenities, three derogatory terms for homosexuals, two derogatory terms for Hispanics, two derogatory terms for Asians, name-calling, chicken, fat, freak, fat, and eight religious exclamations. So a nice, wholesome film, then, to bring the whole world together. They got the little sheet going, uh, what was that? Did you, did you hear it? Yeah, that's a chick, chick, chick. Yeah, we've got them little clickers counting the swear words. <laughs> you get all the F words, I'll get all the anatomical references. <laughs> no, sounds, Someone's both. Sounds a cool <laughs> sight. It's worthwhile. Uh, even it's funny just to look at it sometimes. Right, sh should we close it out there then? Yeah, I think we've had a, a pretty full show here. First of all, we need a moral. I'm thinking something with fish. How about uh, keep fish away from your... Keep... All the fish we've read about today or heard about today, we'd want to keep away from. <laughs> so, how about keep <laughs> keep fish away from your privates there? Yeah, okay. So we're getting back into the flow of things a little bit now. We we had a little bit of a lull after the holidays. Um, want to once again acknowledge Joseph, who goes by Ultact or Ultact I, um, on a number of his various boards and Twitter and such. Did a great job on the contest. He actually ended up choosing his prize to be. The Mirror Universe Saga from Star Trek as depicted in the comics. So he got a trade paperback sent out to him. Um, Excellent. We'll have to uh, definitely get something scheduled with Boz. I heard him accepting your challenge the other day. He wants to have some sort of duel. He said you threw down the gauntlet. He's taking you up on his offer. Yeah. On the offer. <laughs> I see lots of broken guitar hero guitars yeah. scattered around everywhere. And you had a great idea for next time we do kind of a live show, maybe doing some sort of contest, like beat the host kind of thing. So we'll have to see if we can get that set up. Yeah. They're, they're definitely coming soon. we just got to work out all the little niggly bits on the live yep. and the Skype, and then we're going live. But thank you guys for all the feedback. And keep following us on Twitter. Elton is uh, Elton McManus, and I'm SHC1970. We've got a uh, Facebook page if you want to jump on there and I'll stick the pictures of um, the young lady on the mobility scooter. That's right. I'll stick that on She's there. She's young to somebody. <laughs> she is, compared to some people. Well, compared yeah. to the 130-year-old lady that died last week. A moment of silence for her. Anyway, okay. moving swiftly on. <laughs> and uh, and that's it. And our, our email is bombastpodcast at gmail.com. So you got lots of ways to reach us. Keep it up. And we'll look forward to talking to you guys in another week. Thank you very much, guys. I'll see you later. Bye.